Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. Hey everybody, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, I hope you are having a wonderful day. Uh, Whenever you are watching this, however you're joining us, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I hope you've had an awesome Christmas and, uh, and I'm so grateful for you taking time out of your Christmas weekend to join us and to let us be a part of what's going on with you and your, ha- and your house and your family, whatever it might be, because um, we know there's a lot of craziness for a lot of you right now, a lot of things going on, a lot of activities. So we won't take a lot of time today, but, uh, but we are going to be finishing up our Carol series that we started at the beginning of December. Before we do that, though, there's a couple things I want to mention to you. If, if you happen to be watching this and you're not somebody who normally attends Summit, uh, you're somebody who maybe you're watching this with some friends or family, or maybe you just stumbled on this stream. I'm so grateful that you're watching and worshiping with us, and we'd love the opportunity to connect with you. So the best thing that you could do is simply text Summit PA to the number 94000, and one of the options there is for you to for you to fill out a digital guest card and let us know that you're here. And again, we'd love to connect with you and just get to know you a little bit better. So please take advantage of that. I also want to let you know, for those of you that are part of the Summit family, uh, that you've been thinking about going to the next step and jumping into growth track, this is the best time to do it. And it starts, again, at the beginning of January. And so I would love for you to say, hey, we're starting a new year. We're going to start over. We're going to get something going. I'm going to be involved. Because I know a lot of you have had good intentions to get going and get involved in the work of God here at Summit. This is a great time to do that. And so you don't even have to register. You can just show up to the Youth Auditorium in Indiana um, the first, second, and third weekend of every month and get involved. We'll help you find your place here at Summit. And uh, and there's Growth Track happening soon in Blairsville as well. So uh, get connected to Growth Track. Uh, last thing I want to mention to you before we jump into the message is year in giving. Um, we've talked throughout the month of December about our Heart for the House offering, and our goal is to raise $100,000 uh, toward a new roof in Indiana, which will allow us to do some other things later in the year so that we don't have to budget for the roof. It allows us to free up some funds to do some other things. So um, we've just been asking everybody to pray about their very best gift. And so maybe you missed Christmas Eve is when we asked people to bring that. It's not too late. You can always drop off um, an offering for the, the heart for the house or the kingdom builders is what you're asking, we're asking you to mark it as. You can drop that at the drop box by the main entrance in Indiana or Blairsville. There's a drop box clearly marked there and you can drop it off there. If you want to give online, you can do that as well. Um, and so please feel free, be led by God and what you're uh, going to be doing with that. And then if you want to give a year-end gift of any kind for your business or for tax reasons, whatever it might be, now we can receive those and you'll get the tax credit for 2021 until midnight on the 31st. So if you give online, as long as it's, uh, as long as it's before midnight, you're good. If you want to uh, send something in, as long as it's postmarked before the 1st, you're good. And so I uh, just want to let you know about that so that uh, if you want to take advantage of that, you certainly can. Like I said, we're continuing, actually finishing up our series called Carols today, and um, and I'm excited to share with you this last carol, and it's a carol that has a little bit of controversy to it. It's a carol called God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, and, uh, and it's interesting when you really dig into this, some of the history of this carol, and depending on uh, what you believe about its, uh, its history, 
Um, it might have been written in the 15th century, but um, there are clear roots to it going back to the mid-1700s. And um, depending on which interpretation you listen to, there could be as many as seven verses. So I'd like to begin by just singing all seven verses in German today. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But uh, in the English version, there's five verses. Uh, and the verse that most people know best is obviously the first verse. And this is what it says. It says, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. For Jesus Christ, our Savior, was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. O tiding of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, O tidings of comfort and joy. Now, I, I want to help you with something. Um, most Christmas carols are not... Uh, intended to be tight, tightly woven theological statements. Uh, most of the time, they're intended to be entertainment. They're intended to be something that's sung with family and friends. Uh, and it's more, its value is more so in that than it is in teaching us about theology and teaching us about the truth of the gospel. And so there, there are some issues with this song uh, that we won't really dive into as much today. Um, as we've seen with some of the other songs that we've gone through over the course of the last month. Um, but let me start with the first line, God rest you merry gentlemen. Um, now, part of the problem with this song is that a lot of people put the comma in the wrong place. And so what's happened through the years is we believe the song says, God rest you merry gentlemen. So we're talking to merry gentlemen and... Uh, what we're saying to them is, hey, we hope that God gives you rest. And that is an easy way to interpret it. And that's if you're just looking at the language, that's what it seems to mean. But what's happened is we've actually put the comma in the wrong place. Um, and we don't remember our history very well. We don't understand context. And so we don't understand that this is a phrase that was very common um, when it was probably written. Um so the comma is supposed to be after Mary. It's supposed to be, God rest you, Mary, gentlemen. So it's addressing gentlemen, and it's saying, God rest you, Mary, which doesn't sound like a normal phrase at all, but we see it throughout literature. We see William Shakespeare uses it a couple times. We see, um, we see different popular uh, literary works use this phrase, and it is a, it's a greeting many times. Um, Think about it this way. The word rest doesn't mean rest the way we think about it, where, man, I'm exhausted, I need rest. Um, it's used more in the English language, like we would say, hey, rest assured. Uh, hey, you're, you're worried about me being on time? Rest assured, I'm going to be there on time. It doesn't mean that you're resting in the assurance. Really what rest means here is it means remain. So remain assured. Uh, if somebody said rest easy, what they're saying is, hey, don't, don't get upset, remain easy. And so when we look at this first line, what it's saying is, uh, this song is saying, um, we're hoping, we're praying that God will help you remain merry, remain joyful, remain uh, happy, if we can say it that way. It's really important, uh, this first line that we get this right. And, and they're saying, God rest you merry, gentlemen. God keep you joyful. God keep you at ease. God keep you happy. And really, I think all of us would say, man, I would love to remain joyful. I would love to maintain uh, happiness. And, and it's really important for us to do that. And we're going to see in a minute how that happens. It says, let nothing you dismay. And the Oxford English Dictionary defines dismay as consternation and distress, typically 
caused by something unexpected. The distress typically caused by something unexpected. I know for so many people, um, we have run-of-the-mill distress, you know, things we see coming, and then we have uh, dismay, which is this unexpected stress and distress in our life, unexpected things that come up, and it knocks us off course. It, it, it knocks our wind out. And maybe you're watching this today and you've experienced some dismay. Maybe you've experienced some unexpected shifts or changes in your life that has just knocked the wind out of you. And I want you to know, uh, I hope this message helps you. But the, the heart of the song is saying, hey, we want you to, we pray that God will help you remain joyful and that nothing that you encounter will dismay you. That you might experience unexpected things, but it won't knock you off course. It won't, uh, it might take you by surprise, but it's not going to knock you down. And then it says, for Jesus Christ, our Savior was born upon this day. Now this is, this is, the, the, the kind of apex of this song. This is what it's all about. Um, hey, how can we remain joyful? Uh, we remain joyful because we know that Jesus Christ came to this world for us. Um, how can we remain in a place where we're not dismayed? Um, it's we continue to remind ourselves, hey, that Jesus Christ came as a baby to ultimately pay the, the price and be the sacrifice for our sins on the cross. Um, his arrival is what can bring us joy. Um, on Christmas, it's not just about the lights and the gifts and the trees and things like that. That's all great. But really, it comes back to this central idea that we can have joy and we can have peace in the midst of turmoil whenever we remember that Jesus Christ was born for us to pay the price and the penalty for our sins. And it actually goes on to talk about that. It says, to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Now, I've been in circles before that people said, hey, Satan, Satan's not a, he's not powerful. He's, he's a wimp. He's, you've got, you, you can have authority over Satan. And it's like, well, we can, but only through Jesus. So when I just want to go up against Satan, I'm in trouble because I have no authority. There's no authority in the name of Mel, right? There's authority in the name of Jesus. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. We have that authority. Um, and we need authority because Satan is powerful, but I've got good news for you. Satan is a created being. God was the creator. Um, the creation cannot outdo the creator. And so in this moment, yes, Satan is powerful. And yes, he is out to get us. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Um, he is our enemy and he is out to get us. But I've got good news for you. God is for you. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So, when we were gone astray, Satan was out to get us. We had gone astray. We were in trouble. We had done our own thing. But even in the midst of that, even in the midst of our rebellion, even in the midst of our um, sin, us running from God, Jesus Christ was sent to earth for you on your very worst day. We have this idea, especially in, in Western Christianity, that we have to clean ourselves up, that we have to, man, before I go to church, I got to get some things right. Before I, before I come to God, I've got to fix some stuff in my life. And we get this backwards. Uh, actually, what we need to do is come to God with all of our mess and all of our issues, and he will do the fixing. Um, we, he does not expect us to make things right. In fact, this scripture is proof of that. 
God loves us at our worst. He sent Jesus to die for us on our very worst day, not our very best day. We can't do anything to earn the love of Christ and to, to merit um, his birth and sacrifice. It is a free gift from God for us. So when we sing this song to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray, we had all gone astray. We all needed salvation. And Satan's power is real in all of our lives, but the, the work of Jesus overcomes that. And then the last part of this song says this, O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, O tidings of comfort and joy. And it's interesting, um, and there's not a correlation here, I'm taking some liberty with this, but when we see in the Old Testament, we see different stories, even in the book of Revelation, we see where angels are around the, uh, the throne of God and they are crying out to him and they say, holy, holy, holy. And this isn't because they're stuttering. It's not because they have a hard time getting their words out. Uh, they do this because it is emphasis. If they say holy once, it, it says, you are holy, God. But when they say it multiple times, it is adding emphasis to that. And when they say holy, 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 they're saying you are most holy. And I think there's something to that for us. I think God wants us to experience comfort and joy, but I think through Christ Jesus, God wants us to experience the, the maximum level of comfort and joy we, we possibly can. And I, I think we all need that in our lives. We all want that in our lives. And that's my prayer for you. Now, let me start with comfort. Now, there's a difference between being comforted and being comfortable. Scripture makes it very clear that God wants to comfort us. So when we are in distress, when we're going through hard times, seasons that seem beyond us, when we feel like the waves are lapping over our heads and we can't take another breath, God wants to comfort us in that moment. He wants to rescue us. He wants to help us in that moment. But what God is not interested in is us being comfortable. Now, some of you, uh, maybe you have already experienced it this weekend. Maybe you ate a big Christmas meal with some of your family. And if you're like me, when it comes to Christmas meals, uh, I don't want to wear like, you know, a dress shirt tucked into khakis to go eat my Thanksgiving or Christmas meal. I want stretchy pants on. And I know some of you right now are watching this in your sweatpants or in your stretchy pants. You are ready to go, right? Uh, you're still recovering from the Christmas meal. That's awesome. Uh, good for you. But what have you done? You've gotten comfortable. You don't want to wear dress clothes. You don't want to wear a suit and tie. You want to be comfortable. And so what do we do? We find our comfy spot on the couch. We get our comfy outfit and we settle in. And this is what happens to us spiritually so many times. We settle into a place and we get comfortable. And scripture over and over and over says that, that really comfort is the danger of growth in Christ. So when we become comfortable in our walk with Christ, that's actually a dangerous place to be. But what God desires for us is for us to be comforted. And we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles. Aren't you grateful for that? He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. Did you hear why he comforts us? So that we will comfort others. He doesn't comfort us to make us comfortable. He comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort others when they go through their trouble. It goes on to say, when they're troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. So I got good news and bad news for you. The, the bad news is you might suffer a lot. The good news is you're going to have so much comfort in the midst of your suffering if you'll just trust God. 
And that's God's desire for us. He doesn't want our suffering to be uncomforted, but he wants us to find our comfort in the right place. And our comfort can be found in him and him alone. Our comfort can be found in the fact that Jesus was sent to this world to be our comforter. And not only to comfort us, but to help us comfort others as well. It's important for us to understand what our role is, that we don't just receive comfort, but we distribute comfort to the people who are in distress. And we've talked about this word in the past. It's interesting because um, when Jesus, before he left this world, uh, he informs his disciples in uh, John chapter 14, he describes, he describes the Holy Spirit as a comforter. And he says, he'll be your comforter for me in my place, basically. And it's so important for us to understand that, that God wants us to be comforted so much that even after Jesus was absent, physically absent from this world, uh, God sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us in the middle of our heartache and disappointment and failure and pain. And I want you to know today, if you're hurting, which I acknowledge there are many people during Christmas that are hurting because maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe this is your first uh, Christmas after a divorce. Maybe this is the first Christmas after um, that, that person you love passed away. I, I get it. I've been in that situation. But I want you to know, God wants to comfort you in the middle of that. And the Holy Spirit is here to comfort you through that as well. Um. I read this passage this last week and I felt like it would be helpful for you. It's in Psalm chapter 94, verse 19 from the New International Version. It says this, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. This is the psalmist and he just says, hey, in, in the midst of my anxiety, when everything felt like it was falling apart, when I, I looked to you for comfort, I found joy. And that brings us to our next word. Tidings of comfort and joy. The, the word joy here is uh, is important because just like there's a difference between being comforted and being comfortable, there's a difference between being happy and joyful. See, happy is based on our current circumstances. If you've got kids that, uh, that, that are in your home, living in your home, maybe you've got older kids that are with you for Christmas weekend um, and they're opening their gifts. In those moments, they are happy. Um, or maybe not, maybe they're sad. Maybe they got socks this year and they really wanted the new PlayStation five and they got socks. Now they are sad. Why? Well, because they didn't get what they wanted. The circumstances didn't work out like they expected them to, or maybe they got the gift they wanted and they're so excited and you were the greatest parent who ever lived. Or maybe Santa got credit because Santa brought them that gift. Bad move by the way. So Whatever the case is, they're happy in that moment. It's based on a feeling. It's based on their circumstances. Their circumstances drive the emotion of happiness. I'm happy because I got what I want. Um, their, their happiness is contingent on their circumstances around them. Now, many adults do the exact same thing. Um, my happiness is totally based on the circumstances around me. But that's not joy. See, joy supersedes our circumstances. Joy is based on something bigger. Joy is based on intangibles. Joy is what a parent might feel when they buy a gift for their child and their child opens it. And their child is experiencing happiness, but I think a parent can experience joy because it's not based on, um, hey, did I get the gift I wanted? It's not selfish. It is selfless. And in that moment, um, you get to experience joy. I, I brought happiness to someone else. I got to bless someone else. Joy is based on things that are not temporary, but primarily on things that are eternal. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, this is part of the nativity story. It says, that night, the night Jesus was born, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory shone around them. 
and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in the city of David. And he says, hey, I've got good news that's going to bring great joy to all people. And that great good news, the gospel is that Jesus, the Messiah that we've been waiting on, has been born in Bethlehem. And it's interesting because joy in that moment was based on something that is eternal. The, the, the Savior of the universe has shown up on planet Earth. God has become incarnate, become man, and come to Earth for us. And he says, it's going to bring great joy to all people. So one of the things we can take away from this is we can find great joy in the fact that Jesus is our Savior, that we have a Savior, that, that God has come to Earth for us. Not just to make a way for us to go to heaven, but to make a way for us to know God and be in intimate relationship with him. That's his desire for us. So we can have great joy in that. And we should have great joy in that. And in fact, as we walk with the Lord, we discover joy more and more and more. It says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 28 from the New International Version, the prospect of the righteous is joy. So the future, the outlook for people who are righteous is joy. And then it says, but the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. And the primary difference between these two things is when we take on the righteousness of God and we're walking with the Lord and we are in alignment with his purposes and plans and his values, um, we, have, we have a longer point of view. We are looking at the long term, not just the short term. We're not just looking at what do I need right now. We're looking at the heavenly perspective. That's the way God looks at things. But if we're living for ourselves, if we're living for the moment, if we're living a life, maybe that's not even immoral, but it's just for myself. It is, it is not lined up with God. What happens is um, my desires, my dreams, my hopes are going to be based on temporary things. And they come to nothing because all the things that I can acquire, all the things I can buy, all the money I can earn, ultimately that, that comes to naught because... It's all temporary. But when we're in alignment with God, our hopes and our dreams are founded on things that are eternal. And that's where we find great joy. It's interesting because as I was thinking through this, I thought about a passage in Luke chapter 15. And Jesus said this, he's talking about the lost sheep. He's talking about the lost coin. And he says this in Luke chapter 15, verse seven, in the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. And it's interesting because we think a lot about what brings me joy and what brings me happiness and what do I need? But I want you to think for a second and think about, think about in the context of this verse, let me ask you a question. What brings joy to heaven? And, and according to Jesus in this verse, what brings joy to heaven is when people surrender their hearts and their lives to him. When people say yes to God, when people say, God, I want what you want more than what I want. God, I'm willing to lay down being the boss of my life, the Lord, the King of my life. And I'm willing to surrender to your Lordship and your Kingship. Literally heaven parties when that happens because they're so excited. And so for some of you, 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 you're sitting there maybe uncomfortably. Maybe somebody said, hey, you need to watch this service with me. Maybe you stumbled onto this. And whatever the case is, I want you to know that I firmly believe that God wants you to experience comfort and joy this Christmas weekend. And the way we can experience comfort and joy, the way we can remain in joy 
remain in happiness in spite of unexpected things coming our way is we continually come back to this fact that Jesus Christ, our Savior, was born upon this day. We have a Savior who loves us. We have a Savior who willingly came to earth, lived the life of a human being, and laid down his life for our our sins. And now he's in heaven making intercession for us. I just want you to know we can find great comfort and we can have great joy in that as long as we fix our eyes on the right thing. And so I would love to give you an opportunity to do that. Um, I want to pray for you and I'm going to pray over you no matter where you are, no matter how you're watching this or listening to this. I just want to pray for you. And when I'm finished in just a moment, we're going to give an opportunity to the people there in your room. Uh, Maybe you're watching this with somebody who attends Summit. Maybe you're watching with a parent or a grandparent, a loved one that you trust spiritually. When we're done praying, I would love for you to talk to them and just say, hey, you know what? I need what he was talking about. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. They're going to pray a prayer with you and help you do that. Um, And we've got a team that we would love to help you as well. And so I'll give you instructions for that in just a moment. But if you would, Would you just pray with me and let me pray for you right now? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are so good. I thank you that you did send Jesus to pay the penalty and the price for our sins on the cross. And Lord, you didn't do that just simply so we could go to heaven. But God, you did that so we could be in relationship with you, so we could know you and have intimacy with you. So God, I pray right now that you would invade the space of the people that are watching this, wherever they're watching from, from their living room or kitchen. Maybe they're they're watching or listening to this while they're on the road driving. I pray that you would invade their space, that they would feel your presence. And God, I pray for those who desperately need comfort and joy this season, who desperately need you, but maybe they're not in relationship with you. Let today be the day that they surrender it all, that they lay down their lives and confess you as Lord. So God, I pray that you'd guide them, direct them, and help them discover how good it is to be a child of God, to be adopted into this family. So God, I pray your blessing on them. God, I pray for those that are mourning, that are hurting right now. I pray that you'd help them find peace through your Holy Spirit, comfort through your Holy Spirit, God, do the work that we can't do. God, I pray that you'd minister comfort and joy as we remember how good you are and all you've done for us this year. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Now listen, if you'd like to respond, if maybe you prayed a prayer and you said, uh, hey, I wanna surrender my life to Jesus today. Um, Or maybe you've talked to one of your loved ones there and they wanna help you do that. Um, We would love to follow up with you. Uh, Maybe you're watching and you need somebody to pray with you. Maybe you're struggling to have the hope that you need and and you would like somebody to pray for you. There's a couple really simple things you can do. Um, I would love for you just to text Summit PA to the number 94,000. And when you do that, one of the options is prayer. uh, And one of the options as well is for you to respond for salvation. And I would love for you to pick the appropriate option. Let us know about the decision you've made, about what you need, and then we're gonna respond back to you and we're gonna help you. And I want you to know, I'm so honored that you guys would allow us to be part of your Christmas weekend. Um, And I can't wait to see you at Summit Church next weekend. We're gonna have a great weekend as we start a new series. Uh, And that new series is called Holier Than Thou. We're gonna talk about the holiness of God and I promise it's gonna be good. It'll bless you. So join us next weekend in person. But guys, I want you to know, I tell you often, I hope you know it. I love you more than you know. And I am so glad I get to be your pastor. Merry Christmas. Have a great day.